In this podcast series, we'll get to connect with people from around the world and talk about how we're all navigating through life and trying to make it work. The people who know me know how much I love music, history, a good conspiracy theory, and pretty much any topic that creates interesting conversation. Welcome to the Coffee and Sock Sessions with me, Pranir. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because people often always actually ask me, how did you get into this work? Um, and, and again, thinking about our conversation today and, um, you know, doing this the life review is when I was at UJ, um, I used to write um, at that time to I used to write in a journal to my guardian angel you know asking for help and asking for support and uh, get me through this or whatever and I would also write a response so almost like if they were talking through me yeah. um, and I completely forgotten about that you know I think what how old were we 19 20 yeah. years old and um, you know at that point I was writing messages to myself from another realm um, not actually thinking that that it was anything you know um, so I think that this work and you know how my how, how I grew up has, has led me to have a connection to something else yeah. and yeah when I was working in the gym um, it again not realizing how sensitive I was because I've been told that that's not a good thing you know be yeah. tough be hard work hard uh no nonsense um and I actually started developing cluster migraines at that time and I only realized how bad it was the one day I was like okay you know be tough get through work and I yeah. took like a handful of painkillers and I was like oh like taking eight panados to like kill a headache is a bit hardcore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like some, Sounds some familiar. Things, Sounds very familiar. Yeah, something's, something's <laughs> not right with the situation. So then I started looking at, you know, what's causing me migraines, diet, all of this. I went to a neurologist, did a whole bunch of tests. Obviously, they couldn't find anything. Uh perfectly uh, clinically perfectly healthy mm. uh, but suffering with a constant migraine um, and then they put me on antidepressants to treat the pain mm. um, and and that kind of like opened up Pandora's box for me because mm. um, yeah I gained a lot of weight from those tablets I was always tired always needing to sleep and I remember distinctly one day standing in the middle of that gym. I think I'd been on this medication for about six months and obviously been trying everything to manage my weight while still taking this. Um, and I remember standing there thinking, wow, I don't feel a thing. I don't feel a thing for these people. I don't feel a thing for this gym and I don't feel a thing for myself. And I was like, this is a very dangerous space. And I think it was my first interaction with the, the true effects of suppressed emotion and numbing out. I was numb. And that and mm. that's a feeling in itself, you know. And I was like, okay, no, this is... It was almost like I heard my body's voice for the first time. Yeah. Um, 
standing there and I thought, no, okay. So yeah, then I started, uh, you know, I went for chiropractic treatment and I started, you know, changing the way that I ate and um, yeah, I didn't lose a single kilogram of weight and I started doing triathlons because I was like, wow, you know, if I could exercise for like six hours, then <laughs> like I'll, I'll, be, I'll be cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know what, to be honest with you, Pranil, I was miserable. I was unhappy. Mm. And my body was trying to speak to me through my migraines that mm. overthinking you in your head too much, there's excessive energy, you're not acknowledging the fact that you're so sensitive and you're surrounded by this hectic gym energy noise mm. all the time. Um and the way that it got my attention was it made me gain a sufficient amount of weight, uh, which I couldn't budge until I decided to get happy. Um, sure. So, I mean, I got off the antidepressants and I, you know, read every diet book. I then went and studied nutrition through the International Olympic Committee. Um, and, and their program was very much around sports nutrition and you know, they had a conference every year. So I went over and, you know, it was, it was really great to, to yeah. have that experience. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and just to, you know, be in the UK and to, you know, experience their sports medicine and their nutritional stuff that they've got going on was, was really, yeah, it was really inspiring. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, something in me was, nothing was changing with my physical body even though i was putting in all this effort mm. for a physical physical response so i also went to see a dietitian at that point um followed the meal plan nothing shifted for me i then decided that the only way i'm going to get this right is if i study the science myself yeah. and figure it out figure it out so that's when i moved to cape town um and then did my medical honors in nutrition and dietetics oh wow um yeah wow. amazing and, uh, congrats yeah well <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not practicing so <laughs> <laughs> <That's there. laughs> yeah somewhere there um <laughs> and again another distinct moment because now i'm like which was really tough is that we was obviously had to measure our bodies and our body fat and mm our glucose and cholesterol and, and how our body responds to food and, and health. And, you know, that was really embarrassing because I felt much fatter than the other girls in the, in the, in the class. And also it was quite challenging because I was the oldest, you know, it was a small group of 15 of us mm. and most of them had come straight from undergrad, you know, oh, where yes. I'd had this, I'd had a little bit of life experience i'd run my own business as a personal trainer um i'd interacted with different cultures and the different foods that they ate you know so then mm. going back and, and being this older um very uncomfortable with my body image and, and how i felt about myself in in this group of, of young girls and yeah I again had another distinct moment where my body i remember standing in the kitchen of the cottage I was staying in and I just thought like I'm so tired of this like I'm so tired of worrying about what I eat how much I eat when I eat it 
if you combine certain foods, then this is going to have this response. Yeah. Nothing was working, you know, severely frustrated, um, exhausted of the effort. Yeah, and I just thought, the, the thought that came was, I just want to enjoy myself. I just want to feel good. I just want to be like, in the moment. immersed in the experience more, yeah, more than how do other people perceive my body in this experience? You know, it's completely, you know, disconnected from what I was experiencing. Yeah. And I don't know, whatever shifted and flicked in my brain <laughs> that day, I <laughs> stopped giving a shit about the eating. I, yeah, which was quite, quite dichotomous considering I was becoming a dietitian. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I was like, oh man, screw this portion control and cups of this and weights of that. I was like, effort, I'm just going to just do what I want to do and just be happy. Eat, uh, you know, enjoy myself. Um, and all of a sudden, <laughs> return, return to normal. <laughs> That's insane. And it's literally yeah. just, it's a mental thing. Like literally a mental shift changed everything. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. a, I mean, this wasn't the science, wasn't anything. It was just the heart and the mind. Yeah, right? it, it was a choice of how I wanted to experience my reality versus what I was doing. Yeah. You know? um, oh. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just thought to myself, I, I want to be happy. I want to, you know, I love food and I love eating. And I think pleasure from eating is such an important component to our well-being. Yeah. And I wasn't getting any of that with restriction and control and meal planning and and choose this instead of that. I was like, no, it's quite difficult to become a practicing dietitian because you can't really tell people just be happy and, and eat and what eat you what want. you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I practiced for a bit, and um, you know when I moved back to Joburg, all of those traumas because obviously being away in Cape Town I didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that I had grown up with um, yeah. but moving back to Joburg all of that got re-triggered and it was very difficult very very difficult because mm. I you know something you you experience it differently or you experience your relationships to the trauma differently when you're not living and I think I made this assumption that I'm older, I've got this qualification, I've achieved stuff, I've, uh, you know, I'm better, my health is better, so that means everything else should be better. No. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. The wounding is still there. Yeah. Yeah. The wounding, the pain, the, 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 soreness it was still there so no matter how much i'd achieved no matter how much i thought i got right or believed i was getting right yeah. um it doesn't take away the underlying wounds that are there and um yeah that's when i i got my first pet um, i wasn't allowed pets as a child so um, you know i was living oh. um with my 
fiance at the time and I got my first dog and yeah she's completely changed my life um I felt a lot of heart stuff start happening and for the first time in my life I, I felt love I understood love I felt love for this animal and I felt love returned from her and I was like okay like there's a the relationship and understanding of love there's love wounds there's wounding yeah. here around love and um it's definitely affected my previous relationships um how i relate to myself and how i want to work it just it just infiltrates into everything um yeah, yeah and i read an interesting book about an animal psychic um who basically help people heal through speaking to animals so i read this mm. book and i was like oh my oh. word yeah a reality that i've got to tap into because yeah. it's like right up my street um and then i started yeah i started doing uh, healing courses i did my first reiki um i just yeah started working with the energy systems of the body and then i started noticing that working with people and their eating is like a huge emotional component um of course and emotional yeah, eating and yeah. yeah 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 so then i started working a bit more with that and you know eating disorders and the underlying um the underlying pain that that you know that sits it's like a toxic uh pond underlying yeah. the eating disorder you know and and i wanted to start combining the energy work with the the eating stuff the eating stuff yeah yeah and um because ultimately you know it's it's a it's a two-way street mm. you know if we eat better we feel better yeah. but also we've got to heal certain things within us that make us feel like choosing certain foods you know so then i started mm. you know con conceptualizing the idea of food itself having a specific energy and frequency um and you know what you put into your body is then going to emanate that frequency um but again if you are feeling pain and are depressed and are experiencing some kind of suffering you're not going to feel like kale yeah exactly because then that's just going to bring you unhappiness right eating something you yeah. don't want to eat you're just going to be miserable you, it needs to exactly. be like your meal plans you were eating right but you were miserable because you didn't want to restrict yourself so yeah it's not exactly just, you're fixing one problem but it's breaking something else like you're fixing your eating habits but your mind so it's not one dimensional right yeah yeah um so then it, you know then it then it developed into a lot of um you know connections to your body embodiment how do you feel about your body body image stuff um a lot of work around the, like the psychology of eating in itself you know why we choose certain foods mm. and you know it is very much linked to we have a behavior that's linked to a specific feeling and that feeling is derived from a need that is either met or unmet 
So really taking it much deeper to saying, okay, Pranil, what are your needs? And I can guarantee you now, 99% of adults cannot answer that question. What do you need? I need love. At this moment, I maybe need support. I need to express myself. I need nurturance. I need comfort. Mm. Um, I need to be able to, you know, uh, speak my truth or to be heard. That's the theme. Mm. I need to maybe be acknowledged. Um, And unfortunately, if those needs aren't met, we are going to function in a specific feeling and that will determine our behavior. So actually, in order to change the diet, we need to say, how do you feel? And what are your emotional unmet needs? Which, which is interesting. Yeah, wow. Because and that then, effectively think, affects how we yeah, behave, right? Then, like you say, I mean, if we're... Like the one thing is you want to always be present. Like that's the one thing I, I find that I sometimes like... Alice, my wife, will tell me that I'm just like, she can see I'm here, but I'm not here. Like I'm, my mind is somewhere else. And it's because I'm just thinking about all the things I need or want or that are important. And it's affecting my ability to kind of be present and engage and connect with someone, you know, like when connection is so important, it's the most important thing to do, relationships and connectivity. Yeah, so, and then if we look at those those needs, invariably, they come from our unmet needs as children, mm. you know, so then we can start saying, well, where did we not have stillness at home, that now you feel like you need stillness in order to feel connection, mm. where did we not receive nurturance, where did we not, our needs for comfort, and to be heard, our needs to be express ourselves as children weren't weren't available Mm. so then it it then becomes your responsibility because you are now your adult to meet your needs that weren't met for your inner younger self your inner child and when we start doing inner child work it's heart stuff it's heart medicine it's Mm. heart work and when we then meet the needs for our inner child our feelings begin to change which then changes our behavior sure. but it requires work you know a lot of self-discovery it requires a lot of uh, self-awareness and mm-hmm. again you know we need someone to be prompting us and help us to ask the right questions how do you feel yeah. Is is the space around you safe enough for you to be honest in, in how you feel? Um, and then it's to say, well, what do you need? And how can those needs be met? And a lot of us, it's it, it, there's a general theme. It's, it's, mm. it's quite common. We all pretty much need the same thing that we didn't get when we were younger that's led us to feel a certain way and behave a certain way. And that's, that forms our narrative yeah sure um (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) so a lot of the work that i started then doing you know turned into 
more healing work as opposed to prescribing diets. Um, And then a lot of the clients that I had preferred the healing work, preferred learning about themselves, preferred the journey of knowing themselves and, and knowing yourself allows you to make choices that are right for yourself versus being switched off and just cruising Mm. through life. So yeah. Then that's when I opened, yeah, moment of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's when I decided that I didn't want to practice anymore um, as a a registered dietitian. Mm. I didn't want to be telling people when, what to eat, when I can see there is so much going on, on so many levels. This person is hurting they are in pain they are suffering on a spiritual emotional and mental level Mm. honestly giving them a diet is not going to support this person it's kind of i I wanted to work on the internal landscape instead of giving them another external band-aid for an internal gunshot wound yeah yeah sure and that led you to where you are. And this is where, I mean, like some of the stuff you do is, it's so fascinating. It's so interesting. I mean, like one of the things, the, the video that I saw that prompted the reconnect was you were speaking about dragons, like your inner dragon. Yes. Or, you know, like, yes. or what, what exactly was that about? Because I'm sure like from the outside, I was like, what you know you you know like but it was more of curiosity because I remember Mm. like at some point I saw on Facebook that you know you were into the fitness and you had like your personal training business and then Mm. I went back to that same page afterwards to see and then I'd seen all of this and I was like well this is fascinating but a lot of it also resonated with me because as much as I believe diet's important and what you eat affects a lot of like the way our body functions mm. and etc. But it my problems and issues weren't would go beyond just my diet. It, there was a lot of stuff. Yes. You know, like I had a really great childhood. I think this is what messes me up, is that my parents were absolutely incredible, apart from the things of you know not openly communicating. But I had such mm-hmm. a good childhood childhood, and when yes. I look back at I always have like childhood guilt because I look back at some of the stuff other people went through and I'm like I my childhood was vanilla you know like I feel like a brat Mm. and then that messed with me because I'm like I feel guilty for having a good childhood and that messed me up it's like it's so hard being a parent because where do you draw the line like if you neglect your child they messed up if you give them too much love it messes them up like where do you draw the line yes so when I saw this the dragon video as much as Mm. I was like okay something is different and i watched it and i it was just after i watched game of thrones for the first time for the first time during lockdown last year Mm. my wife and i eventually said you know let's the hype's down let's let's see what it's about get on it obviously like we've watched it a few times since and obviously the drag the physical dragon in the show and the majestic nature of it um and then I was like, I saw your video and I'm like, well, this is interesting. What is this about? So what is that mm-hmm. about? 
when you're speaking about, um, you know, the dragon medicine and dragon shamanism itself. So uh, it came through for me a few years ago, so maybe about four years, five years now, Mm. that, you know, people connect, you know, when you're doing this this work, and, and and when we talk about shamanism, we we actually speaking about uh, someone who is connected to this physical world has one foot in this world and one foot in the world of spirit, and they mm. can they're able to navigate um, and, and bring forth information and and create change in this physical reality. Mm. Um, you know, and and indigenous cultures, you know, had their shaman as as their medicine person and their healer that they went to that yeah. could see what was happening on other levels to bring healing and change on this physical level Um, and you know many of us have the shaman archetype i'm going to call that that uh, you know this ability to navigate um, using our intuition what's right for us Mm. Um, and it was about yeah four or five years ago i I mean, I loved dragons as a child. I was loved dinosaurs. I used to watch dragon movies over and over and like yeah. obsessed completely. <laughs> and I never thought it was a thing, you know. I just was like, oh, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was in a meditation, meditation one day that a, a, a dragon appeared. And I was just like, what? You know, because also working in in the in the realm of spirit, you know, we have some people connect with angels and and you know yeah, have yeah. guidance from that. Some people work with guides, um, some people work with unicorns or fairies or elves. Um, so it's it's a type of energy that that is there, that is available and it just depends on, I guess, what, you, what you're what you wanting to achieve or, or what you're bringing through, that the healing work that you want to bring through, that, that, that medicine or, or that energy is available. Mm. So it became very clear to me at that point that that is, a, that is an energy that I resonate with very strongly. Um, and it's an energy that comes through me very easily. And it's um you know it's it's extremely powerful it's uh very protective Mm. and you know it's it's an energy that's coming in a lot in terms of consciousness at this time so we've got and and that's thanks to games game of thrones to movies Mm. like how to train your dragon or peter and his dragon so Yes, dragon heart, or you can go to Woolies and buy dragon eggs. So <laughs> the consciousness of the dragon is very much present and coming through, and a lot of people are connecting to them. And you know, the reason for that is dragons are very much obviously they're a mythological creature, mm. and they have very powerful healing abilities and are alchemists they transform and they transmute things from one state into another and are very powerful creators they make things happen um, their energy is very manifesting uh creative 
and also very protective and, and very clearing, you know, trans, transforming the old into something new. Yeah. Um, so as I, yeah, I've been working with this now for, like I said, four or five years. And what I've learned through this time is that the, the dragon is very, or the energy of the dragon is very connected to the heart. And, you know, as you, as we start learning more about dragons, that, you know, they, they hold a beautiful frequency of joy, of abundance, mm. of lightness, well-being. they're very playful. So it's also by that consciousness coming in, it's asking us to also access more of that within us, you know, playfulness to start being more youthful, to stop taking life so seriously and to, you know, be out in nature and, and play and, and feel and allow ourselves to experience joy. So my journey is very much moved along that way to work with the dragon to help a lot of heart-centered issues. Um, and yeah, I guess that's that's one thing that I also work with a lot is helping people to connect to their own personal dragon um you know so each of us have guides and and helpers in the unseen realms yeah. and yeah those that want to um or and are open to the medicine of, of the dragon and, and the healing that it brings um you know i've noticed that a lot of the work that i've done helps bring through those dragons for those people and then they build a relationship with them on their own, 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 own ways and own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the connecting so to again, this, is it like a spirit animal? Would Would you say? Yeah. It like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's basically that's, something yeah, that you really... see yourself when you look at a specific animal. You kind of see yourself through that animal. Like for me, yes. I guess it would be. It's not a mythological being but for me it'll be like a wolf right when i see wolves i get yes. incredibly excited like i just I, yes. I find calm and peace there's something about them that i find so majestic that i'm just so drawn to them as creatures you know i just yes. think they're like misunderstood there's this kind of like a majesticness to them mm. there's a kind there's a real power you know what i mean yeah. so like when you when you talk about drawing and from a particular animal, um, the energy, qualities. like, yeah, and the qualities, like, I really, I, yeah, it makes so much sense when you, you know, when it's about context, right? It's, it's all context, mm. like, understanding yeah. where it's coming from. And I think a lot of people, this is, for me, one of the things in life is I find that a lot of people have these thoughts, these feelings, these processes, these energies within them but everyone yes. feels like i'm not going to talk about it because it's weird yes. people yeah. have this thing of if i talk about this people are going to be like yeah no this person is not lacquer but so many people this is why yes. self-help books and these this type of you know the work you do is so important because mm. when you speak people yes. they relate to it and then they like okay it's a safe space because I yes. could not agree with what you're saying more. And then they're able to adapt and able to feel so safe and comfortable. 
around it. And that's what it is. Like yes. many of us, I mean, I can guarantee a lot of people when they hear this would be like, that makes sense. I identify with a leopard or a cheetah or a sheep. Yes. And it's not necessarily yeah. like the bad connotations of, oh, I'm a follower because I identify with a sheep. It's like, no, it's everything else about what makes a sheep. It brings warmth yes. to the world. You know, they provide yeah. warmth. They pro you know, it's like, it's that sort of thing that I believe this. Yeah. So when we speak about that, you know, that's, that's where the term we refer to as, you know, wolf medicine or sheep medicine or dragon medicine. The medicine, uh, we're not talking about obviously pharmaceuticals. We're talking about the, the healing, healing that comes from relating or having that animal as a guide or having that medicine available to work with, you know. So when we, when, when I speak about dragon medicine, it's, it's the healing that can come from, yeah. you know, working with a dragon, having a connection to the dragon. And you know, yeah, it, it's, it's very much that. And what's really important for us is that we need to, to reconnect to the medicine that is available to us through, through nature. You know, so earth is a medicine, yeah. flowers offer medicine, air, wind, water, um, fire, all of it offers medicine, which is healing to different aspects of us. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing that I really love about the dragon, because it's, it, it's the embodiment of, of all things, because the dragon is, um, this primordial creative energy, mm, which mm. then allows us to tap into our own authentic healing in whichever way that 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 we need to. Mm. Um, and obviously, working with dragon fire and the energy of fire allows things to be cleansed, um, transmuted, transformed. Because we're looking at what what the element of fire does. The qualities that fire holds mm. um you know fire can be activating you know it can and, and it, it's very cleansing and it happens quickly so working with a dragon speeds processes up a, a lot quicker um so yeah so it's, it's so it's very much um just holding the space for the dragon medicine to come through and just allowing people to experience it in whichever way you know they feel they need to I, I get a lot of messages you know even if I haven't said to someone okay we, we're doing a meditation and we're going to meet your dragon I have a lot of people that have worked with me and then afterwards they were like oh my gosh something weird happened there was a dragon <laughs> um so so you know I think uh, I'm, I'm still learning so much about it because it's a very old medicine. It's very ancient. I think a lot of different healing modalities and, and energies and alchemy have originally been taught through the dragon yeah. um, as its primary source. And yeah, I, I just think it's, it's really beautiful for people to be able to experience that when and, and if they need it absolutely because that's the thing it's we're moving into a space where 
it's so important for us to go back to our natural roots, like the things that yeah. we relied on most. I mean, we've been plugging our bodies away. And I, don't get me wrong, like science and medicine has been incredible. It does yeah. a lot of great things. But it also mm-hmm. has the ability to do a lot of really shitty things and be yeah. very destructive and very toxic, you know what I mean? Because yeah. the first thing, like when you were talking about I had a, you had a headache and you took like six tomatoes, I mean, that makes sense. I mean... If I felt a certain way, I'd be like, yes, I'm going to take four Mipradols. You know what I mean? When I had a pain in my back. And then I I realized that going for a walk or doing some stretching or just like eating something that decreases inflammation in my body did more for me Mm. in the long term than the quick fix. Because that's what we're about, right? We're all about quick fixes. How can I get rid of this pain as quickly as possible? So I can get back to my rat race of life. And I think this is where, like, this is why I love so much what you do. And the, when, when you yeah. speak about it, because it makes sense. Like, save the medicine for when we really need it. Like, let it work yeah. through cancer. Let us help work through diabetes. Like, let it help work through severe mental health issues. And let's not pl- plague our bodies because that stuff with, with things that we can fix naturally or holistically yes. or in a different manner. Like, because effectively that messes with everything, right? You take four microdots, mm-hmm. it messes with your hormones, your levels, everything yes, gets messed up. It messes with so much more like in the long term. And maybe that's yeah. the problem is that we're all, we're thinking long term all the time. Like the other day I caught myself thinking about retirement and have, am I going to have enough money when I retire? And I, I stopped for a while and I thought to myself, I'm like, really? In this day and yeah. age where so much can happen. I mean, a, just a month ago, we were literally hiding for our lives, afraid if we're going to get burnt down because of the unrest and everything that happened, like packing mm. emergency bags and thinking about the things that what we will grab if we have to you know leave our houses right. and i we forget so quickly about the things that we experience and the lessons they teach us at that time because as soon as we have a hint of normality we go back to our old ways and yeah. thinking about things like retirement like to be honest i could not give a shit actually about how much money I have in retirement yes when I get there I probably will regret it but in my mind I'm like do I even want to live that long like I actually want to wake up enjoy life every day Mm. and I would rather I read somewhere about I'd rather have three to five meaningful years where I was happy and content than have 50 years of things I I regret or I should have done or should have been doing or you know like I say to like to myself and you know sometimes the people I work with like when we die because we work in digital like we're not on our deathbed we're not going to be worried about whether we sent a particular tweet out in time you're going to start thinking about I should have connected with people more or spend more time with family or got a pet or you know what I mean Mm. and I think in the, in the modern world, it's so difficult to kind of control what we're exposed to because of technology and we're in the age of convenience and we're all guilty of it. But I think yeah. what's, 
the message that I get from a lot of your stuff is that what we can control as a person, we should, you know, like, let's tap into that. Let's find that balance. Like in a world, we can't escape the things of you need money to buy food, to be less stressed. Like it's a fact, it's a need. It's not a want, you need money. You need those things, right? Those are the things that we can't control, you know, but the things we can control is how we, we prepare ourselves for how mm. we react and how we adapt to those situations. So that balance, let's everything that we need in society, need yes. not want, let that be here and let's find the balance with us as yeah. individuals from a holistic point of view through, mm. through mindfulness and through our bodies and through our hearts, you know what I mean? Mm. And let's not rely on external stimuli to also bring us happiness don't rely on buying a ferrari on your happiness you know like let Mm, work mm. be a means to put food on your table but what you do to be happy shouldn't be controlled by the same means there should be different things and yeah yeah, Yeah, tapping into ourselves yeah you know you're speaking into um a lot of important things that um, you know hold a lot of depth, you know. And um, one thing I, that has occurred to me, you know, through doing this work um, and, and through reading a lot of books and connecting to different things um, and different people and experiences, is that one thing that, if you want to say, our our soul or our spirit. Um, remembers or um, engages with the most is how we have felt through life. Mm. So, you know, um, you know, sometimes doing sometimes doing work with you know people that are, are crossing over and are passing on is like you say they don't say oh it was amazing because I built a multi million dollar business. You mm. know, they say um, it was actually quite sad or. I'm sorry I didn't, you know, forgive that person. Or it's again, it always boils down to how you feel. Mm. And I think that's that's always, you know, if I ever get distracted with my work or what whatever I'm doing, is that I always remember that is the most important thing that we have in this life is is how we feel. The thing that we remember, the thing that we carry um, is is how we feel. And you know, that can, again, be determined by many different things, you know, so you spoke about illness and and medication, and I just wanted to tap in here and say that there's a very different, big difference between cure and heal. Mm, So curing is is very much you taking your microdol for your back. Healing is (laughs) going to the medicine person and saying, why is my back sore? Yes. What is happening? What is happening in my body, in my heart, in my spirit, in my mind that is making Pausing. my body show me that I have pain somewhere? There is something happening in my subconscious because the body is a representation of what is happening in the subconscious mind. So if we've got illness and mm. shit's not working, that means that there's stuff in the back there beliefs, narratives, conditioning, programs about how you see life, how you respond to life, 
that isn't working for you. Yeah. And that, that is ultimately, you know, a lot of the work that I do is I'm the mediator between you and your body. Sure. So your body's speaking, your body's saying I'm in pain and our society and our culture focuses on numbing stuff out, painkiller, numb the pain, mm. but pain is communication. What's that thing pain, pain deserves to be felt? What's that saying? Yes. Is that like from a movie? Uh, it is. I think it's from, well, it's from Perks of Being a Wallflower. I think pain deserves to be felt. Yeah. It, you know, and, and, and pain gives us a really good indication that there is disharmony mm. in the body and in the spirit. Um, and that's where the word disease comes from. Dis-ease. Something in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, in my mm. body is not feeling easy um so you know that's you know we look at western medicine and pharmaceuticals and it's really great for diagnostics and you know for helping us find what the problem is so like for example if you get bitten by a snake you you need to go to the hospital and get the treatment you know you have to but what's really important for you is to have the self-awareness to then go to your medicine person and say, why did I get bitten by the snake? Sure. That's the that's where the two that's where the two things need to meet. That's where the holistic uh, approach needs approach. to meet each other is to say, yes, this is what's wrong, and this is the the treatment that I may need. But what is actually happening here? Why do I have this? Yeah. Wow. So I think, you know, that's, that's really, really, really important um, for people to, people really, it's okay to ask the questions. It's okay mm. to be curious. It's okay to simply, you know, why do some people get some things and other people not? They, yeah. Something is happening in the body, in the body mm. and in the spirit. And um, it's okay for us to be curious and ask why, and then to go in. You know, healing the wounds, not just putting a band-aid of microdol over it. Yeah. To say, actually, what is the wounding of the migraine? And I love what you said. So, like that so really yeah, so that's very much resonated was the thing of the difference between healing um and the cure, which is really I think like yeah. such a very profound moment for me, like as mm. well in this conversation, yes. is that it's because we we think of it as the same thing, like most days, right? Like I'm healed, I'm cured. It's, it's not. It's like healed is you're okay for now, but it could come back. But cured means it's completely eradicated, and that's is such a, a subtle but powerful difference between the two words, which I think I never realized until right now. And and. and he- yeah, and, and healing, you know, allows us to go to the root of the problem, mm. you know, deep, deep down, deep within the body, you know, what is what is the story you keep telling yourself that, that you believe is making yeah. you sick? Yeah. And we need to just pull that root out and you need to start telling yourself a new story because, you know, there are many different truths. And sometimes what we believe is not necessarily the truth the truth yeah yeah sure ash 
I think you have got something really special. And I think that it's something that's going to become even more pivotal in not just society, but just in how human development and how humans look to the future and how we actually survive, you know, because at the rate we're going, we're not going to survive. I mean, the, the amount of stress and the amount of concern and worry and the amount of pain that's resonating throughout the world Mm. right now you know and on, and to bring it closer it's not even just throughout the world it's like personally i mean i opened up about mm. things that i didn't even know i needed to open up about to you i mean i mean my wife and i talk about stuff all the time mm. it's one of our our very important things and going back to the thing of how earlier in the discussion where she grew up in a very open and communicate very open communication yes. based household and I was, we communicated growing up, but not about the things that we were feeling. And she's taught me to yes. speak about that more often. And I think I'm, I'm like that with people when I'm one-on-one with them. I did a lot of it when I was at varsity. I became very close to people because mm. of my ability to connect with people on a deep level. Um, so at home, I mean, we speak about it, but it's easy to get caught in the thing of, and think that, okay, cool, we're, we're there for each other, we understand each other. But when, when you're having a conversation mm-hmm. with someone like you, it's a true understanding of that not only cements what you were thinking, but it actually helps you formulate action, you know, a yes. way of moving forward and finding comfort just in hearing someone say it, you know. So yeah. I think like what you do is, is going to be so important. And I think um, I'm really hoping that more people are, will contact you and start to, you know, like understand it, even if it's not yes. now, but while they digest stuff, you know, and go yes. out there. So like what, what sort of books can people, apart from ideally, I want them to come to you. I want people to be able to come <laughs> to you. No, straight up. I mean, honestly, I want people to come Thank to you, you and, be able to open up and speak about it, mm. into it but the reality is not everyone eases straight into things some people want to no. do their research first they want to look into it mm. so you know and what are some of the resources people i mean you send out a newsletter so i'd love for people to go and check out subscribe to that go to mm. your website you know ashleyjane.co.za but in the meantime while some people may process it, what's what are some of the tools and like some of the books or resources people can can take a look at that maybe helped you along the way in your journey? Um, so so one thing that's just coming through for me now that um, is important uh, to tell people, and and again, it's about that connection to nature, is that there are certain aspects to our whole being that we can use different elements for the different elements of nature for to support our healing so our body is directly linked to the earth so when we are feeling discomfort pain you know whatever in our physical body Mm. you know go to the earth go to places in nature where there's earth lie with your body on the earth itself when you are feeling 
emotional discomfort or dis-ease or struggling with things emotionally, you go to the water, go be near water, bath, mm. shower, swim, be with a lot of water. When you are feeling discomfort in your mind or your mind is, you know, all scattered and, and, and all over the place, um, that's, that's the element of air is connected to the mind. So go be outside, get fresh air, breathe, mm. take deep breaths. We spoke about that earlier. Um, let the wind blow your face. Let the wind, you know, take your, take your worries. Um, and when you are feeling discomfort in your spirit, that is when we go to the fire. So you, you, you take your uh, dis-ease and discomfort that's in your spirit and you maybe light a candle offer prayers, offer blessings, um, you know, make a fire, throw in your worries with a log or dried herbs and stuff. So again, it's really important. We are, we have everything that we need to support and heal ourselves around us. And, you know, one of the strong messages, like I said, that was coming through that, that I needed to share with you and tell you is that when we connect to the different elements of nature, we are able to heal ourselves. All of us have the ability to heal ourselves if we connect to these things. Mm. So the earth is connected to our body. The water is connected to our heart and our emotions. The air or wind is connected to our mind and our mentality. And the fire is connected to our spirit. So whenever we are feeling whatever rattled in any of those areas, go mm. to nature for that healing. Um, and then in terms of, of resources and books, wow, you know, I mean, I've read so, so many things. Um, but the main one that is coming up for me um, to share with you today uh, is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And um, yeah, he speaks a lot about the consciousness of and the, and the subconscious and how... Because ultimately, that's what we are doing. We are we are creating a new earth. Yeah. And a new earth doesn't necessarily mean the planet is going to be changing. We are the new earth. Yeah. We are the new earth by raising our awareness, by raising our consciousness, by choosing kindness and love over fear and panic. So, yeah, his book speaks a lot about... Um, many different things and, and how to just be more aware and more awake in, in, in yourself and your relation to others and your relation to the planet. Mm. You know, what we're getting pushed to do at the moment is take care of our homes and our homes are our, our, our earth. Yeah. And that's, you know, very, very important um, personally to me, you know, to, to honor the earth and um, care for our planet that, unconditionally sustains us through all things yeah. that we do um, sure. so yeah mm. that's incredible yeah ash i think yeah cool you're a super special person um i it's Thank been you. absolutely incredible catching up and just knowing you knowing your story i learned so much more about you as a person about what you do and i really appreciate you taking the time out to just catch up and I think what you do is special I think you're super special and I've got so much love and respect for you and I really I really hope that you know 
in your journey, you continue to heal and to really help people Thank find, you. you know, in themselves and also find in yourself what brings you happiness and joy. And yeah, people, you can go to Ashley Jane, that's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-J-A-Y-N-E dot um, to find out more information and they can connect with you there. But I think, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. There's so much more um, that we can tap into and I want to do that at latest yes. especially with the ceremony that you do and stuff. So we'll definitely get back yes. into that at some point. But given me, yeah. given a lot of people, a lot of things to think about. And good. thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing, Pranil. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the questions and also thank you for creating this safe space and the safe container that we could chat about all these things on all these levels. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Cool. I'll chat to you soon okay. and take care. Don't get COVID again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Bye. Cheers, Ash. In this podcast series, we'll get to connect with people from around the world and talk about how we're all navigating through life and trying to make it work. The people who know me know how much I love music, history, a good conspiracy theory, and pretty much any topic that creates interesting conversation. Welcome to the Coffee and Sock Sessions with me, Pranil.